Podcast. I'm your host, Kirk Kinsey, and with me tonight is Josh Cacho. Josh, we're finally back in the saddle after some sporadic layoffs. How are you doing? I mean, I thought we were, you know, seemed like we were heading into a nice little uh, rhythm there with the two wins and then follow that up with two, two bad losses. So, you know, it's as much as I want to overreact, it almost feels par for the course for the summer for LAFC until they kind of figure things out. Again, I just don't know what they're going to be able to do heading into the summer uh, or what the plan is. But hopefully we do get, um, you know, hopefully they do figure some things out and we're able to go from there. Because, again, what we're seeing now just doesn't look good. Because, again, we're seemingly a lot of guys out of position, a lot of guys not in a place where they can really make an impact. Yeah, I mean, you see it tonight, LAFC in a back three with Ryan Hollingshead as part of that back three. Chica Palacios at one point was a, a center, you know, the left-sided center back. I think Stipe Buke was playing left wing back for a while. Um, Eric Duenas was playing right wing back for a good portion of the game. Um, it's it's a tough stretch, right? They played two, uh, they played seven games in in the month of June. It didn't go very well. In the last 10 matches that they've played, they've only won two. They drew one, a scoreless draw against Atlanta. And they beat SKC and, and Seattle, right? And like you said, it kind of felt like, oh, maybe maybe they're back on track now. Uh, it doesn't appear to be the case exactly. They've got Galaxy in the Rose Bowl in three days, right? So they're still playing this making subs at halftime game that we've been doing for seven weeks now. Um, Josh, they've only, they've only played the same starting three or same front three, two times. Well, technically four times they played two, two versions of a front three twice is what I'm getting at here. Uh, they've played Boanga Vela and Opoku twice in that 10 game stretch. And they played Vela, Boanga and Buke twice in that, in that 10 game stretch. So you're you're 100 right. They're they're rotating guys in and out. We finally saw Tillman and Acosta back. Uh, we only see Chiellini for 45 minutes. Long is on international duty. Murillo's out now. Chiki Palacios is out against Galaxy because he's he's got this crazy habit of just taking unnecessary yellows for either dissent or silly fouls. Um, so <laughs> this has been a tough stretch. The the defenders of the bank. Shout out to Philly and the Scarf put out today that they've played 29 games so far this year, Josh. 29 games. It's almost a full MLS season. That's like five, it's like five, six of an MLS season, right? Um, and it's just barely July. Well, you're going to hear that, you know, the argument from the Euro snubs. It's like, oh, well, they do it in Europe. They play every three days, da 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 they also aren't constrained to starting people that we drafted in the 17th round of the MLS Super Draft, you know, um, on a regular basis mm-hmm. because of that, right? We, you know, you can have a big squad, you can bring guys up, you can play different players that are quality, you know, so that in these big matches, your guys are rested, but we're just not afforded that same opportunity in Major League Soccer, right? I mean, it's, it's interesting to be in a place now as an LAFC fan, having won a cup to see the other side of the argument that you always heard from the Seattle's of the world. It's like, oh man, this fatigue from 
from CCL and da 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 da. And, you know, it was, we didn't necessarily, it was, I don't, I feel like in 2021, 2020, we didn't really feel it because obviously it was the COVID year, mm-hmm. right? And 2021 was so bad that everyone forgot anything that would have happened post CCL run, anyways. But yeah. now, right, you do see how it does affect you in the long run. And, you know, this is not uncommon. And again, as much as I want to make it an MLS, make it sound like an MLS issue, this is not uncommon amongst, you know, you, you, would, you always hear that when the English teams are playing FA Cup, they're playing Carabao Cup or whatever it's called. And then the, you know, the Christmas fixture where there's like 17 games in four days or whatever the heck it is. Right. But again, they're, they have unlimited roster spend, mm-hmm. right? So I do think that some of it, you know, a, a large part of it falls on MLS structure and scheduling and those types of things. Um, I do think that we were playing with fire with our roster construction that we've talked like about this previously many times. Yes. Yeah. Where, when it works really well, you win MLS cup. When it doesn't really, doesn't work out and people are hurt, you know, we're playing, you know, we're signing people off the scrap heap, mm-hmm. right. That somehow eventually end up winning you an MLS cup also with Sebastian Viaga right? picked up in, in a moment of, we just need someone to fill a spot and ended up being a guy that started in the cup final. Right. So, you know, shout out to uh, Ibiaga. You know, I'd like to have him back right now in this moment to not see Ryan Hollington have to play center back anymore. But, <laughs> you know, what else are we, you know, what else are you really going to do? I mean, like you, we can we can complain, it all, click, complain about it all you want, but yet it's the reality of what we're going to deal with. And it is interesting to see how they're going to continue to manage this. And what and how LAFC end up prioritizing things. Because I do think at this point, you can't continue down this road of thinking that you can compete for, you know, the the cash cup in the summertime, as well as MLS cup beyond that. Because I think you're just going to burn guys out. So that brings up an interesting point. I tweeted out prior to the Galaxy match, I think, in the the, uh, Open Cup that I wanted. LAFC to punt on the open cup. Like, don't even bother. Don't even bother. And I remember a lot of people from other MLS teams, uh, quote tweeting me and replying to me saying, this is small club mentality. You should try and win everything. And it's like, yeah, it's 100% small club mentality because that's what all MLS franchises are is they are small, right? Because like you said, they don't have, Unlimited roster space. They don't have unlimited I mean, roster space. They're they're technically not relieving clubs. Yes, yes. Right? So that is technically the answer to this whole situation. It's like if it was actually a club, we would have the opportunity. And again, I think if it was if it was in a club in the traditional sense, our owners aren't going to be ones that are going to hold back as it pertains to spending. not at all, right? not at all. However, we play in a league that does not actually have clubs, and we come to a situation where we have small league slash franchise mentality yes. as a whole where again because we're trying to look out for this thing that we call parity right or create false parity because we have a closed system mm-hmm. it puts us into a situation now right where the league has this weird mentality about it 
about how we go about it. Because again, the solution to all of it is to allow people to spend, right? And the same people that are saying, oh, small club mentality, small club mentality, are also the same people that are going to complain when we sign Gareth Bale on a TAM deal. Right. So, again, you know, like, there's ultimately there's no pleasing anyone that's not an LFC fan, right? To be fair. (laughs) Like they're no, gonna I, hate no matter what, but that's fine. I'm I'm yeah. saying I agree with them. Yeah, I like I'm. I just feel like I'm being honest about. Sure, yeah, small club mentality. That's what LAFC is in the global scheme of the game, right? That's what all MLS franchises are. Do they want to be? No, but even even despite signing Lionel Messi, Inter Miami's still a small club on the global scale. Right, like that, and that's just the way it is, because they're gonna put, like, they're gonna put a bunch of nobodies around him, because that's what MLS is like, and it's okay. I still like the soccer here in the U.S. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying, like, guys, uh, you have if you're going to continue to put all these competitions on, you have to let teams compete in them, or you have to admit what you are and prioritize. And that's fine. Just be be one or the other. Let us know. Stop adding these things. One of the reasons that there's so many um, that there's so many fixtures for LAFC is because in a normal season where you don't have this, you, know, you call it the Cash Cup. I love that. Uh, where you don't have this inane competition in the middle of your season, um, you'd be able to play games throughout the month of July and stack them up in July and August. But because you're playing this stupid thing, you can't move all these league games. So you have LAFC playing seven matches in June and, and continuing on like another, you know, they had a week off in between these last two, uh, but now they're right back into playing three days from now. Right. After a road trip, nonetheless. Yeah. I mean, the weird thing is, MLS has strangely become what every other professional sports league in the United States has always wanted, where basically teams compete every three years mm. on three-year cycles, right? Say because more if about you that. think, so, right when you if you look at the NBA, right, it's there's well-run franchises and there's poorly-run franchises, right, because of the draft, you know how you acquire players, mm-hmm. right. So because of the way you acquire players, you really have to just hit in the draft and da-da-da and so on and so forth. And then you have franchises that will run themselves really well and then they'll compete and they'll go on their run. They do. They have about eight, probably five to seven-year runs in the NBA, right? Mm-hmm. Same thing with the NFL. NFL, like, to take, you know, let's take a, a team like your Cleveland Browns, right, who have been <laughs> relatively, be like this? relatively, because you love talking about uh Ross Barkley. So this is where we're going to come back at it, <laughs> right? The, the, you know, like you can, you can just squander it and make dumb decisions. But again, because of the way yeah. you acquire talent, right? It's generally going to put it on the ability for the franchise to be smart about it. In major league soccer, because we, we acquire, we acquire talent, the traditional sense in, in on the global scale, right? We sign players, we do those different things, mm-hmm. right? If you were to do well, right, you're blessed. You're blessed with this attempt at Champions League, and then you're punished with playing, playing so poorly throughout the rest of the season because because of the fatigue, 
now you basically don't make it back again for another two years. Mm, and it allows yeah. the next team to step into that same place and it just rotates over and over and over again. Right? Mm. So Seattle, right, was poor last year after their run. Exceptionally right? poor. Yeah. Right. So they don't have to worry about Champions League this year. They can skate by throughout the season, make a run towards the cup. If they make it, they make it. They win it. They go to Champions League. They win it again or don't win it again. Yeah. And then they're poor again after that. Yeah. Right. So it's technically, right, you're basic because, again, and you're taking what, four teams out of MLS every year into Champions League? Right. To compete in Kong yet? I think it's going to be more in the new format. So with the new format, then you're basically going to take half the league, hire them out every other year, and then the other back half of the league will take that same place because they've been rested. <laughs> right. And then you have this cycle of marketing oh, where you can say, man. oh, my team won X Mickey Mouse Cup because yeah. they weren't fatigued, right? Right. And that's just what it becomes, right? There's there's so many different things. Nothing ever becomes actually, there's no value to any of what, at the end of the day, you lose so much value to all the different things that you do, Yeah. right? Is the because, League's Cup going to be every year? I don't know. I hope not. I, I would say I hope not, but I have a hard time believing that it's, that they're going to play it every other year, every three years, or or it's just going to be this one-time thing. Even if they said it was a one-time thing, they're going to see ticket revenue, and they're going to they're just going to immediately add it for next year and every year after that. I mean, per Wikipedia, there you know it shows like what you can go back like it was two two thousand twenty two showcase, and there was the two thousand twenty one leagues cup, which was Lyon versus Seattle, whatever. And then so on and so forth. There is a two twenty twenty four on there, so my guess is it's probably going to be some kind of thing. You're not talking about Campeones Cup, right? No, because we're in that also. Right. <laughs> there, so there was in two thousand twenty one. There was a leagues cup that featured four um, four teams from each league. Right. It was right. Right. Sporting, but uh, you know, like, I think at the same time, I think a bunch of teams like. The norm, other teams, uh, other, some of the teams were competing in Champions League. Some of the teams were in other things. So at the time, it was like Sporting, okay, uh, Orlando, Seattle, New York, and then in the, on the Liga Mekis side, it was Lyon who were third, T, uh, Tigres who were fifth, uh, Santos Laguna was sixth, and Pumas was seventh at the time in the table. Mm. Right, so it was just like a let's run it out there and see what happens. Right. Leon beat Seattle 3 2 in the first one. 2022 was when they had that thing when the Galaxy and um, LAFC and a bunch of teams all right, played right. like a few, a few games. It was like a quote unquote showcase. Yeah. Yeah. Heading into this next year where they had that full tournament, like where it's like a whole three weeks or something like that. Yeah. It's so but dumb, man. I'm telling you. But again, because they make, because they're, they did, they raise the stakes, right? There's a CONCACAF Champions League birth at stake, I think, if you win it. There's, a, there's, I think there's multiple. So both finalists make it and the third place. Yeah. So, so three, basically, first, second, and third all make it. Mm hmm. Yeah. Cause there's like, cause the, the Champions League got increased. Right? The size it really of the, is, it really is 16 teams from MLS. Yeah, so now there's 27, team, 27 teams in CONCACAF 
technically. Ugh. 18 from North America, 6 from Central America, and 3 from the Caribbean. I guess the, the deeper question, is it really that hard to make money? Or is it so easy to make money with this kind of stuff that they just are going to continue to make up this nonsense? Oh, we're going to start the Lee's Cup. Why does El Tree never play games in Mexico? You're gonna get you're gonna get us in trouble, Josh. I mean, <laughs> actually, El Tree same... fans are probably they're probably more they're probably more passionate about this topic than we are. Yeah, but that's the whole thing, right? Yeah, absolutely. Unfortunately, it is it is that easy to print money. Yeah, yeah. That they that they can do it that way, right? Why does yeah, U.S. Absolutely. soccer not not care to to lower their prices? Because every time they play Mexico, there'll be a full house. The magic yep. to make up yep. for any other sale that they don't have. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's so frustrating. All right, that's enough of that tangent, I suppose. Um, let's get into the match. It looked like there was a really early goal. We kind of got bailed out with a foul called on John McCarthy, who I thought had a Hall of Mirrors game. Where it was, I, he wasn't sure what he was looking at the entire time. Uh, I think Mike Beat said it best today on Twitter, Josh, and he said that John McCarthy is a backup goalkeeper. Um, and I've wanted to bring this topic up several times, but given the performance uh, in MLS Cup and the significant role that he played in bringing home that title for us, uh, it's a scary thing to do, right? Because rightfully so, the man has earned a lot of leeway. But I thought on every goal tonight, including that one that was called back, he was quite culpable. Yeah. I mean, you know, every player is is valuable until they're not. Yeah. Right? It's unfortunate that it happens that way. But such is, such is sports. You know, and especially, actually, you know, it's just professional sports in general. That's like, yeah, every 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 great hero eventually falls from grace. <laughs> What's the like, quote from The Dark Knight? You you either live long enough to be, what is it? You either die a hero or long live long enough to to, your, to see yourself become the villain or something like that. Yeah, you know, I mean, for you know, like, eventually Leo Messi has to come to Miami. <laughs> <laughs> right or Saudi Arabia or wherever, yeah, whatever, yeah. whatever it is. Like it's you know, and sometimes that that life, sometimes that that high lasts a little bit longer. Right, your that arc of your career that like you stay on top way longer than you know the average. But again, the, the NFL, the average career is like one and a half, like three years. and a half years or something yeah. like that. Yeah. NBA, it's like five. Right, mm-hmm. major league soccer because there's like 16 people that play in the league. It's you know <laughs> maybe you know you know Dax McCarthy I guess is still somewhere in the league. <laughs> but you know at the same time, like when you look at the grand scheme of things, it is you know I think it was like one of these things where it's like I, I, I it it messes with that that childhood nostalgia of watching these teams that you grew up with the same players over and over and over again. Yeah, and yeah. Then you then you you know you get older and you realize that all those guys are gone and it's a whole new team, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and mm-hmm. I remember like I said, growing up as a Laker fan, you just see the, you know, like 
I never thought I would see, you know, Kobe leave. Yeah. Right. And then when he finally retired, you're just like, oh man, what is going on? You know, and you saw that decline too. Right. Yeah. You know, in the case of, you know, and again, not to say that McCarthy isn't, you know, a valuable piece of this team and some different things, but you certainly, you know, there's a reason why they had paid one point something million or whatever it was for Kerpo in, in Pam yeah, to bring yeah. him in. And, you know, McCarthy was brought in as the second, you know, as the backup. Um, you know, and so. Uh, he's, a, he's a strong MLS backup. Like, don't, don't anybody get it too twisted here. And I, would start and should probably start for a fair amount of teams as well. Yeah. Yeah. I. But. He's limited. Yeah, and t- there's a couple things that I want to get to from tonight. First, the goal uh, that was called back, I feel like you should have claimed it earlier. The second, the actual goal, is just a long throw-in, and then it's kind of fumbled, and a striker gets to it, to it first. He's, he's flat-footed, um, and it's like, dude, just come claim that ball, right? The last one, he does kind of get screened by – Hollingshead who steps in front of the ball but like he's it there's only one place that ball can go and it's to the far post and he doesn't have it covered and then he watches it go in kind of courtesy dive at the end it's kind of like all right well whatever but uh, that's that's just not it's not going to cut it there's this other thing that he does that again I never want to especially with a guy like McCarthy who's not he wasn't signed to LAFC to be the day in day out starter where he's playing with his feet he's stopping shots right he's he's a complete he's ne- he was never supposed to be a complete answer for them but again back to the distribution with the keeper he will wait and wait and wait on the ball until a forward comes at him and then not pass the ball short like a forward will leave the center back that he's marking and that's when McCarthy like McCarthy is clearly waiting for that and then as soon as that forward steps, he just clears the ball, launches it downfield. Now, most charitable interpretation of that is that he's waiting for something else to open in the midfield. Like, they all start stepping up, so there's somebody else open that he's targeting now. But once they open up that center back, the whole purpose of waiting like that is for you to have somebody unmarked close to you and then play through that pressure. And... It's just all the time with him. He will wait on the ball for a minute if you don't press him, which is fine. But then he just launches it forward anyway, right under, right into pressure. And it's kind of like, dude, you're you're chasing the wrong thing here. You're chasing the wrong thing. And I feel like if that just fits in with what this team does, which is just send long balls for Danny Boanga. We've talked about yeah, it many I mean, times. How how different is you know like how different is it than Aaron Long? not want to play a progressive pass, right? Part it's, of me yeah. thinks, part of me thinks is it's like, when you ask McCarthy to do what McCarthy's brought in there to do, which is stop, you know, stop penalties, save, mm-hmm. make, make good saves, he does that, right? But he was never asked to be the guy that plays with the ball from the back and right. be a progressive goalkeeper, right? Aaron Long, his, you know, was not brought in there to be Chiellini. He was there to spell Chiellini, right? right? Or right. or play alongside him or whatever it may be, right? And so in that sense, it's like part of me 
it's hard to fault him for what you know for something that I don't think he was ever asked to do when he got there. Yeah, yeah, and so I like this is why I was hesitant to even bring it up because it's not it's not fair to ask McCarthy to be Ederson, mm-hmm. right? It's just not, and I'm okay with that. I guess what what I'm driving at is if you knew Cripo's road was going to be long, and you did, the man had a compound <laughs> fracture on the field, so like you got it. You know it's going to be probably a year before you see him again, and your solution is to go out and sign Yakupovich and the other guys. Now I don't remember the other guy's name who plays for LAFC too most of the time. Romero is that his name? Mm-hmm. Um, they, like this, these are the kind of situations that you've put yourself in now, where you are unnecessarily hamstrung. I think, and again, MLS roster constraints and budgets don't help there but this is this is where you are it's the same thing with center back it's especially the same thing with fullback where you've only got three fullbacks on the roster that are professional grade right in Hollingshead Palacios and, and Palencia and Palencia's out and now Palacios has eaten up yellow cards like they're going out of style um, so now you're going into a game against the galaxy with only one starting fullback and you're still on your backup goalkeeper. And Jesus Mario is out because everything, like, so you're down. Mario and Long are both out. Chiellini's not healthy. Maldonado's the only healthy center back you have. So, like, what are you doing on this back line at this point? And, again, they've played a ton of games. There's a lot of bad luck involved with, like, injury timing and all that. But it, like, it, paints a different perspective on what happened with Mamadou Fall last year and what happened with the goalkeeper position in the off season, I would say. But anyway, I mean, I guess it's technically tough to Falk deal with. Could be, is back in training. He, he should be back in training. Yeah. And I'm a, yeah. I believe that he, has, he just has to get, he should be read uh, a window that could open today. I think the window's open in July. Yeah. So it's, he should be able to be registered. Yeah. I can't remember so, exactly which day it opens in MLS. Again, another yeah. one of those things like why doesn't why isn't MLS man, anyway. <laughs> oh, so many so many things about this league, Josh, that make yeah. it unnecessarily difficult. You know, so that I mean again, like that's why it's like we're you know as much as I want to be mad at the team and the performance, whatever, like you know, I didn't see a team that gave up. I see a team that 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 did their, th- you know, did what they could. Didn't finish the chances that they made, right? And we can, you know, you can we can harp. The buildup has looked better than it has in in previous. Like, I think Bogus does a lot to connect everything, yes. right? And and I it, I love to see it, but you know, we are de- also dealing with an issue, and you know, with if it doesn't matter who. Who you are if you're just not available then there's nothing you can do anyways. yeah so transfer window opens july 5th okay. <laughs> they do late. um but yeah I, I i do bring this up because this isn't about this isn't about uh going after players or targeting anybody really it's about trying to explain a lot of the context around what we're seeing and it feels like we're always fielding stars, starting rosters, right? Because LAFC does have a lot of talented players. And when you start a guy with like 
rebuke, you're kind of like, oh yeah, well, that, I mean, that's fine. That's good. Mm-hmm. But it's like, okay, well, ideally you would have Vela and Boanga and insert X Tam striker here, right? That's who you would ideally be starting. Yeah. And ideally you would have Maxime Cropot out there. We've just grown accustomed to seeing John McCarthy there. Um, but there, like, there is a lot of context that's surrounding what's going on with the LAFC. And there are frustrating things that, that you and I don't like, like playing so many long balls over the top. But again, what are you supposed to do when half the time your center backs are Daniil Maldonado and Aaron Long and your goalkeeper is John McCarthy, right? You're not going to be building out of the back as efficiently as if you had all, all your actual starters out there. Yeah. And then again, if, if, and we're not going to get time for those guys to develop when you're playing like, those same, you know, like, so say we're going to say we want to give long time to get into the system and da da da. It's not going to happen when you're playing a game every three days and you don't have training either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Also, he long is like 30 years old, so it's not happening. Sure. Like, that, but that ship has sailed. But I, I do see what you're saying. Like, how are you supposed to really drill these concepts, right? Yeah. And, and work on the different choreography that you need. I mean, Walker, Walker became, like, competent at playing the ball. Yeah, yeah. Right? He was also and younger. In, in one and I think, he, I think he, grew up in a, he grew up in a system that that at least uh, at least attempted hmm. that kind of training with the, with the FC Dallas uh, system, right? Where Long came from, I think, Seattle initially and then Portland and they went through Red Bulls. Like there was, he never really played for a team or a youth academy that really emphasized it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, anyway. I mean, again, but that speaks more to the, you know, our 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 issues with U.S. soccer as a whole. Oh, <laughs> you want to open Which, a can of worms? Yeah. You can join Which any of my any of my club parent meetings where I'm just like pleading with parents, like, I promise you, I promise you, we're doing the right things. You know, teams in year one in, in our program oftentimes are just, they, they have a really hard time because we force them to build out of the back, right? Hmm. And so they give up a lot of bad goals and parents are angry and screaming at the coaches and um, why are we doing it this way? Get rid of the ball, you know, clear it out. And it's like, nope, we're going to force them to do it this way because they have to learn. But, I, would yeah, gladly, anyway. I would gladly have every team I've ever coached I mean, every youth team lose every game that they ever played up playing the right way. Yeah. Until they get to a game like in, until maybe high school. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like if when every it, kid when it lost, starts to matter a little more. Yeah. yeah. You know, and then at that point, sure, you know, be more serious about it, whatever, you know, but to develop those skills, you kind of just have to take your lumps. Right. Yeah. And, and be, be okay with it. But I do think that, you know, in absence of the, almost like in absence of the overly tough culture that American football provides, the flip side has been an overprotective soccer culture. Oh dude. It's, it's so, it's so helicoptery. It drives me crazy. Right. Whereas like I said, like, I mean, you being American football and I remember like, was that coach from, I remember watching the videos of the strength coach from Alabama making the, the, the guys do wall sits holding 45 pound plates as he walks over the top of it. Right. And I'm like, okay. You know, and I remember like one of the, uh, 
I think it was, was it like, maybe I was, I think I was working in the desert and one of the coaches in the local high schools had gotten fired because one of the kids was late to practice. So he made him do bear crawls and synthetic turf in Palm Desert. Jeez. <laughs> oh, that, like, that turf must have been 105 degrees oh, probably more right because it was the, the external temperature was about 120 so yeah who knows yeah. how hot that thing is but like again in a, as a complete 180 from that culture right? yeah which is again not always great there's a, there is a balance that needs to be struck yeah have, of course you do have an overprotective parenting culture within youth soccer as well as an overprotective fan culture which i've never quite understood yeah uh, i think that's an inferiority complex the fan the yeah. fan culture right it's that it's the meme that you and i both love but nobody else seems to where you can make fun of somebody's mls franchise right and they're mostly fine with it they might banter a little bit but as soon as you make fun of the league or criticize the league Hmm. the knives are out like they're gonna <laughs> they're gonna come after you uh quick tangent real quick on i do think this i i love telling the story to people um about helicopter the helicopter nature of soccer parents uh i oftentimes go to practice straight from the hospital leave surgery go to the hospital um or go to go to the field and so my wife is the one dropping off my kids. And one time my kid was 20 minutes late to practice and he didn't start in the, in the game on the weekend. And, uh, he was really mad and, you know, we got home and he, you know, he was mad about not starting. And I was like, dude, you were late to practice. And my wife said, yeah, but that was my fault. And I said, yes, it was. <laughs> yes, it was. Someone slept on the I was like, I'm not punishing him. I'm punishing the parent. And she was like, well, that's not, that doesn't seem fair. I was like, who's, is it fair that he shows up late? But it was just, it was just funny that like, it was even my wife was, uh, who like was married to me in the Marine Corps. And so like, she knows the, the whole punctuality thing. But anyway, just funny. Um, we're still happily married. Don't worry. We got through that one. Uh, <laughs> So regarding this game, I mean, I, I the, the three at the back I thought was fine. It was interesting to see Stipe Buke playing behind Opoku and Bowanga. I I thought that was fine. I'm that might be something that we want to look at more <laughs> because like when he gets forward, he's not he's not doing anything all that unique. Um, is still extremely limited with his left foot. Uh, in in a lot of ways, it reminds me of watching Jordan Morris on the left wing, where it's like you're just begging begging for a cross and he still cuts it back not that crossing is the best way to do it but it's like dude some, you have to go to that well sometimes to keep everybody honest um so i mean there's not a there's not a whole lot to talk about like the tactic it's not it's not tactics it's not it's not necessarily even the players involved it's just there's 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 nobody left they're yeah. completely depleted i mean again i the our listener is going to be in for a shock when they came for the tactics and they got you know, a <laughs> this is the analysis minute, that we normally complain about. <laughs> Thirty-five minute diatribe on on the state of Major League Soccer <laughs> and and U.S. parenting culture. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, so yeah, I mean, I, I, I maybe maybe it's my own exasperation at this point in the fact that we've already talked about everything. No, they can't. They still can't generate attacks against a a, a set in low block. They just can't. The ball moves so slow. 
everybody takes too many touches when it's there, especially Boanga and Opoku, right? They'll get the ball, they'll take three to five touches and then move the ball. Where even the, the viewers at home are thinking, hey, that ball needs to go back into the middle, right? And no, they're still dribbling, right? Um, over and over and over and over and over again tonight. Um, I will say when, like, Acosta, when Acosta came in, it did look so much more fluid because he mo- his movement off the ball has always been class. Right? Yeah. So I, yeah. Like when he, it was nice to see someone come in and other than Bogus and actually move. Yeah. After passing. Well, and after a while, that Bogus in the second half was in the midfield. Mm-hmm. After I think it was after Vela came in, he moved into the midfield, right? And so then you see midfield start to work again. Um, but still, you give it to the forwards who are still taking too many touches. And uh, man, I, for a team that loves to play direct, uh, as soon as as soon as a team gives you the ball and packs it in, they are gonna they are gonna really really struggle unless they figure something some other way to create space. Which is where I always go back to a number nine. Like half the reason you need a good number nine is to make good runs in and out of the box constantly, right? Just to threaten and move guys out of position. I mean, again, Bella was ne- hasn't been at his best since Christian Ramirez left the team mm. Mm. in a very weird way. Because even when it was Dio, no one made the no one was willing to sacrifice. Yeah, that yeah. run across the face of goal to open up space the way that he was. Mm-hmm. Right. The unfortunate thing was that he, when he got the opportunity, he didn't finish. He didn't finish the sitters, right? Which is what eventually, you know, yeah, ended his career here. But at the same time, it's like, you know, he was he was unselfish in the in the right way, and yeah. not that not that. I think Wanga has to be selfish given what the rest of the team is bringing. Mm-hmm. To a certain degree, I mean, he can maybe be a little bit less, but even then. I think he's the only goal threat at the moment, right? Yes, <laughs> undoubtedly so. Yes, right. And and Apoku doesn't just doesn't have the wherewithal, no, you know, he doesn't have the field awareness to make the run. Yeah, right. So yeah. that this is kind of that weird conundrum that you find yourself in, where it's just like, you know, even when even when Bella's doing stuff that Bella should be doing that looks good, no one else does, you know, is doing anything around him to complement it. And it's kind yeah, of and the, I, the I, case, right? whether it's Vela, Buanga, Bogutz, it's a lot of one of those three guys doing really nice things in moments with no support. Yeah, I do, I do think I do think Vela, like you see it more and more. He can't reach the goal, right? And I don't mean he doesn't have the power in his shot. It's like he can't get the ball in the right spot to still be dangerous in the same way that he used to be. We've seen you know, every once in a while. Right? It, that's exactly what I mean. Yeah. So you, he's not, you can, you can play Bowongo over the top or through the middle or something and let him run onto something. But Vela is, he has to be in position already. You got to find, you got to find the right opening. And I, he got a goal against, was it SKC that he got a, he got a goal against like that? Yeah. Playing off a of center back. Right. And mm-hmm. so he can still do that stuff, but then you need a midfielder to find him. Right. And, uh, and Bogus looks like he could do, be that guy. Oh, he absolutely can. He absolutely can. You know, um, so I do think. But he only but played twenty five minutes tonight. Josh Vela did, right? Yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's, again, but again, so that's why I think I think it comes back to I think 
the potential pieces are in place. The question is whether or not they're going to ever be on the field all at the same time to do it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, hopefully, hopefully they can take, you know, League's Cup and it's a, it's a change of, of environment, I guess, and you're able to come back and, and focus at the end. Um, I, I, I don't know, maybe, you know, get a third place finish in League's Cup, win the whole thing would be great. Uh, even if you get a third place finish, you take care of your Champions League berth and now you can go on to, all right, let's focus on getting in the right form. We can experiment a little. We don't have to, we don't have to win the West, right? As long as we make the playoffs and have a couple of home games. Um, but man, it's, yeah, they, they definitely got to get it figured out. But I think, again, that's, that's the weird thing is that the issue that they're facing is how, how to plan it from a, from like a global standpoint, as opposed to how do you just win each game? And it's, Mm -hmm. you know, like you said, and it's unfortunate that the league has put them into this position where they actually have to think about that in that way, as opposed to just aligning. That's such a good point, man. The idea that you have to think about it as the stretch and not just each individual game, mm-hmm. right? How many how many planned halftime subs have we seen in the past 10, 10 games? Yeah. I, I think every game. almost every single league game, there are two halftime subs, which are clearly planned, right? That's clearly what's going on. Tillman for Acosta, right? Vela doesn't come in till the 65th minute because he's going to go 65 against against Galaxy, unless you absolutely need him for more, right? So it's they, you can't just come in and say we're going to do. This goes back to you know why why it is that we're not talking about like oh well this this match saw Ilya pushed farther forward because you know Palacios was slotting in as a left center back and that was the back three. We can't get that detailed with it because LAFC doesn't have time to get that detailed with it. It's like, who's healthy, who can play which position, throw them on the field, keep everybody healthy enough for the next game to give yourself a chance. So that's an incredible point, Josh. Yeah. You know, and again, it's, it's extremely frustrating, but you know, the reality that we have to deal with. What are you going to do? Yeah. MLS going to MLS. You know, because again, I would I would love to sit here and crush, you know, whatever decision making that you know our coaching staff made. But yeah, what decisions can they make at this point? <laughs> uh, one more thing I want to get to tonight. Uh, Max Bretos put out on Twitter tonight, Josh, that he doesn't think there's any big signings coming for LAFC this um, this summer. What do you make of that? He, so I, you know, I saw that and then I also saw his response and said, hey, this is, you know, they actually had a, they they were fairly busy. But it's like, they were fairly busy trying to just be roster compliant. Yeah. But they had to do to just kind of squeeze things in and fit what they could given, given obviously the limitations that they were faced with. I think, I, I, you know, I think as always, we're going. If you're thinking that you're going to end up seeing, you know, someone that you know that's going to end up in Saudi Arabia anyways at this point, mm-hmm. right? It's not. It's not going to be one of those guys, right? It's going to be, yeah. you know, random guy from, you know, 
that we, that, you know, from the second league that's, you know, killing it in the second league of whatever or something along that line. And I saw a rumor from about a kid from coming from Tigres, I think it was, or something mm. like that. Um, but on a loan with a part, you know, with a uh, yeah. option to buy. You know, it'll be something like that, you know, where they've identified, you know, again, how often have we heard in the past from, from Vince that these lists that they have are miles long, right? They mm-hmm. brought in Garces mm-hmm. for a reason, right? Because he has those relationships in Mexico and around, you know, Latin America to try, you know, to try and right. find those, those diamonds in the rough, you know, that, you know, and hopefully you, you snag one of the guys that, you know, Pachuca might have, might have gotten in the belt and that's who you end up getting, right? That's, I yeah. think that's what we're more in for. You know, it doesn't mean that we're, you know, again, because the team is capable of competing when healthy. Yeah. Right. You, I still, it doesn't mean we don't need a striker. Right. Right. Um, but I do think that it's further along than it looks at this point, because I think a lot of the issues that we're seeing, like, let's put it this way. If you subtract the amount, if you cut down on the volume of games, this team is still good enough to beat most, if not every MLS team. Yeah, no. If they're if they're healthy, if they're mm-hmm. healthy, everybody. I mean, you have Crepo, Palacios, Chiellini or Mamadou Fall, and Mario, right? Yeah. Next to Hollingshead, and Long is your third or fourth guy, right? And you have Hollingshead out there playing right back or Palencia. Uh. Ilié with I with pick two of these three, Tillman, uh, Acosta, Bogic, right? You have Duena still on the bench. Like you have five. If they just commit to Bogic in the middle and playing forward when he absolutely needs to, you have five really good midfielders you can count on. That's enough, mm-hmm. right? And then you have Vela and Bowanga. Where if you're not playing so many games, Vela plays every single game and he goes sixty, right? Every once in a while, I'll play 30. Um, and then you can bring in Buke or Daz and, and Opoku as subs as needed. And you're really only looking at a number nine still. Mm-hmm. You're like, only looking I, at that position. And that's the thing. I think, like I said, because of Bogut, it makes this it makes this situation a lot easier for me. Yes, absolutely. He, like, 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 he's, he, you and I complain all the time about midfielders, and he solved that problem. Mm-hmm. If you commit to him being there, because yeah. then if you do, if you do, which again, I think that's what he played previously in his other stops, right? Was yeah. attacking midfield. Yeah. You know, you find you you can spend either your young DP, your ten, whatever ten money you get from Sifu, mm-hmm. or both on number nines because you don't have any at this point. So why right. not bring in two, a young one and an old one? Mm, I like that there, idea. Right? Yeah. Give me a young one, an old one, and then a backup for Italy. Yeah. I will say that I continue to be impressed with everything I see from Duenas and Ordaz, right? Mm -hmm. Now, that doesn't mean they're flawless. No player is, especially an MLS player, right? But for young kids in, like, their first significant season, those guys are, are showing something special. Like, we talked about, we talked about forwards who are, willing to make runs like Christian Ramirez and do some things like or Daz has it, man, he's mm-hmm. got it. And he is moving off the ball, actually interchanging. Like you want to see him do with the wingers. Like that kid, that kid is legit. He needs to he he who if he scores 
one to two more goals, he like again he just has to become a credible threat. Right. 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 The, the part of the issue that we have, and what Christian Ramirez eventually ran into, right, is that he, you know, like you can make that run and be successful until you're no longer a threat. And eventually, he became a yeah. point where he was no longer until a you're Corey Baird. Right. Yes. As soon as right. you're Corey Baird, it's over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, if, if Ordaz can finally figure out a way to, you know, to continue continue to do what he's doing, and then finish, you know, and then finish on top of that. Same, same goes for Buke, to be fair. I think yeah. it's kind of the same. But I think Ordaz does a little bit more in hold-up play. A little bit better with his back to, with his back to goal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Makes it a little bit more dynamic run. Buke, his, his strength and what he likes to do is get ball at feet. You know, it's a little Brian Rodriguez-esque, yeah. you know, but a little less attitude. You know, <laughs> less attitude works harder on defense. Fewer baby goats. Yeah. Yes. But, All right, man. Well, I think we've talked about all these issues to death. Uh, let's go ahead and get to some questions here. Hopefully our uh, rate limit is not exceeded on these tweets today. If so, I don't know what we're going to do because my rate my rate limit is exceeded on my personal account, so I can't go there. Uh, first one is from Mike Beats, and he we kind of already talked about this, McCarthy being a backup keeper. He is. He's a good backup keeper. Um Hindsight being twenty twenty, I don't know if you rely on him, but I mean, I guess LAFC are still in second place in the West. So, man, I sound, I sound so homerish right now. <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's a. It's, I apologize. I apologize to everybody. I don't know what's the, gotten into me. The nice reality of being an LAFC fan, right? Like I said, like for as bad as we are, we're still not as bad as yeah. someone else. <laughs> we are not. SKC, right? I mean, the Alex is still tied again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hmm. Gomez Jr., with all the injuries and different lineups being thrown out, I'd rather go uh, through and fix these issues now than towards the end of the season. We're pushing the guys too much when they're already pushed with the amount of games played. We're second in the West. Relax. Signings coming. Uh, I certainly hope there's some signings coming. We already, Josh and I already went over who we think. You have to go get a fullback. You have to. You have no other option unless unless we finally see this supposed center back who also plays right back. At one point, it was Mario. At one point, it was Segura. Now, I, from what I understand, it's Maldonado, who's kind of the emergency right back. Um, Can the emergency right back be the right back when you don't have a center back? No. You and can't. How much wood could a woodchuck is... chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood? <laughs> Your hand was caught in the cookie jar, right? Like you, yeah. you, you got caught trying to be cute again. Last year it worked like a charm. This year not so much. Um, so I, I think I think you do need to go sign uh, a fullback. And again, it doesn't have to be anybody special. But like you're not, you can't go into the playoffs thinking Julian Gaines is going to get you there. Jordan Harvey's is... coming out of retirement. I'm calling it now. Sure. <laughs> the problem is. Palacios isn't going to play on the right. Who's Harvey, Harvey and Beta I guess Harvey has that. played on the right, hasn't he? Yeah. There were some times, there were some times under Bob that he played on the right. My goodness. Bring both of um, them back and all will be solved. <laughs> uh, go get Serginio Dest. Bring him, bring him over. He'll be fine. Um, 
I, I, I think he's on like, I, ESPN FC said today that he was on like 4.8 million in wages Jeez. from Barca. <laughs> what are they doing, man? Oh, no wonder they had to sign a deal with Spotify and, mm-hmm. and Prime to make sure that they have enough money. Okay, Q Cardi. Uh, had a week off to rest, review, adjust, etc., and still looked like it was 2021. Can't wait for the excuse this time. Ooh, Josh. Yeah, I mean, the. I mean, you can have all the time off that you want, but if you're going to rotate every other game, or not every game, but if you're going to rotate the entire team every game, this is what you're going to get. Yeah. Yeah. Just no consistency, no, you know. No continuity. And I guess for me, that is one area where it's like, you did have a week off. And they clearly still have an eye to the Galaxy game, right? Vela mm-hmm. doesn't play until he only plays 25 minutes, right? Acosta and Tillman each get 45 minutes. I assume they will both start on on Tuesday ahead of Ilié, right? Ilié was, was an early sub as well. Um, so they're clearly looking forward. But it is kind of frustrating that, like, you can't, they or you, they can, but they haven't played like a very consistent lineup. Um, I mean, so again, I think that's where Q Cardi's got the, them. Definitely those one of those games where they were hoping to just get out with the draw and call it a day. Yes, yes. Okay, Tom Camilleri, LAFC in Dallas. So perfect, uh, so perfect. Oh, so perfect time to keep with the JFK offense. Uh, back into the left. Back into the left. A perfect game. There's nothing good to say. McCarthy is showing his career backupness now, and could that have been a less marked game from Palacios? Josh, what do you make of Cheeky Palacios just taking yellows all the time? Descent, tacky fouls. I mean, he looks like a guy that's been reading too much of MLS Twitter about the pro reps. <laughs> he is and angry every single game. Yeah, like the... The vitriol that you you generally see reserved to MLS Twitter for pro referees mm. is embodied in Cheeky Palacios. So here's 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 my question: How do we get Cheeky Palacios to hate Greg Berhalter? Ooh. That's that's the real question because <laughs> I I need some of that venom directed somewhere else yeah. where it's not gonna where it's not gonna hurt LAFC. I mean, maybe it's just a bad you know bad bounce pass or something. I don't know. Yeah, is it? Is Ecuador and Copa America? Maybe we can get it there. All right. Uh, Samber Amarath, not ready for Carson. Signings must be made. The slope is looking slick. Yeah. What do you think about the slippery, the slipperiness of this slope? He's not wrong in the sense that if you don't, if you don't, again, we're in a you know precarious position. If you don't play your cards right, then you do you do find yourself in a situation where you may have dug a hole that's too deep to get out. Right? Yeah. Now, I think you gave yourself a fair amount of cushion playing the way that you did to start the season, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so, again, maybe my hope is that it turns out a, a lot like we've seen last year, where we basically played really great to start the year, but absolutely terrible until... You, you know, were awful in August and the beginning of yeah. September, right? Awful. Yeah. And then put it together when you needed to, mm-hmm. um, because again, I think this is the the nature of the beast, um, you know. And again, the Matt Doyle's dream come true that this you have this much parity and people are only good every three years. How dare you bring up state media on this show, Josh? Mm-hmm. All right, Darmalia, 
At some point, the players will need to look at their longevity in soccer. Close to a full season of games played before the All-Star game. Wear and tear on their bodies will lead to injuries. I can't remember when we last fielded our original starting lineup. I think what they're getting at here is the idea of the players' union. And I, I couldn't agree more here that the, the players need to say something about this. And I, I realize that it's a weird situation because they either have to advocate for fewer games and fewer competitions, which means less revenue and less revenue shared with them, or they have to advocate for uh, fewer roster restrictions that now make them compete even more, right? So I, I don't know how hard the players' union pushes, to be totally honest, but... I do agree that if it, if anything is going to change, it has to it's going to have to come from the players. Yeah. Just like if Leo Messi says, "I'm not playing on turf," uh, that's gonna that's gonna make that's gonna force some changes. Yeah, I mean, again, if, if you're saying that, if that's if that's what Leo says, right? Seattle and Portland are going to have grass tomorrow, and Atlanta, especially right. Atlanta, because Atlanta's in their conference, right? right. Yeah. It's it's too much money to be lost. And like mm-hmm. the, the revenue from that game pays for the, the replacement. Yeah. Probably. Stay but, strong, uh, Leo. Stay strong. Yeah. Don't so, play on turf, please. Yeah. And so, you know, when you kind of look at the grand scheme of things, I just don't know how much power the players union has, because again, it's, it's very weak and they basically almost got locked out of the last one anyways. Yeah. You know, CBA. So, you know, they're, and they're going to take what they can get. But, yeah, it's tough. Because, again, I, they're, they're in a precarious position. Because again, I think it's yep. opening, the, opening the door to more, you know, again, the, the, the union is what pushes for this cap to a certain degree because it, it brings up the floor. Yeah. And it doesn't and allow it, protect, it protects the players, yeah. The domestic yeah. player. So, because I feel like, if you remember, it, DPs aren't included in the, are not part of the players' union. Are they not in the union? I guess that would make a certain amount of sense to me. Yeah. It was something weird like that, where it's like they're generally, either like they're not in it or they're generally like very They're like non-voting members type of thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because again, I think if it, cause like the purpose of it is to not necessarily take care of the top end, it's the, the bottom. Yeah, yeah. Right? God, so why is this leak so weird? Why? Why did they do this to themselves? Again, it's it's probably everything we didn't see in the advent of every other league. We just happened to be living through it. Yeah, yeah. Right, like uh, you know, baseball was locked out for what a whole season. Right? Yeah, like you had 94. scrubs that they, you know, they had they had all the scab players that came on or whatever. And, you know, there's a you know what the movie The Replacements is basically about that exact same yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. So, um, Paul Kennedy did a did a good interview with was scuffed this past week and he t- he kind of talks about that how he's been watching the sport for 50 years and we've all watched it from its infancy in the past 50 years to what it is now right everybody's been cognizant it's been covered whereas with all the other professional sports leagues in the u.s it was kind of pre like <laughs> national press right started around the turn of the 20th century so the first 50 years of those leagues, when they really started getting going in like the 50s and 60s for the NFL, well, NFL is still an emerge, but you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. 
baseball. It's like that's when sports kind of like really came of age. And so they've they came of age and got to that point and have now had 50 years where soccer started when they were already of age, right? And so yeah. we're like watching we're watching MLS have to struggle with like going straight to competing with these really well-established leagues. But man, it's so I think you are right that we never had to watch them struggle, right, with all their yeah. nonsense. But I mean, yeah. think about it. baseball wasn't integrated until what, like nineteen fifty something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we got we could we we could spend a long time talking about the the absurd and immoral practices of the other leagues. Um, yeah. Even right now, let like. Like obviously, all the horrific things that happened before, before like all races were allowed to compete, right? Okay. Like what you would think were the absolute basics, um, and so yeah, even so still, there's problems with those leagues. But when I when I think about you know comparing Tam versus you know that the whatever those were, I'm like, oh, okay, it's not it's not the other one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, sports, man sports uh at lbc jesus jesus not sure what you're going for here because i don't know you but either way or daz needs to start current forwards are lacking goals and just an overall and just an overall mess might as well throw in our only natural striker for now meaning or daz assuming we sign a striker and mold him to dolo's preferred tactics uh Look, if you told me he was going to be the guy and you were just going to put Bogic in the middle alongside Tillman and Acosta and kind of rotate them in and out and spell Ilya with Acosta from here to there and Ordaz was going to be the guy, I'd be like, fine, good, do it. Mm -hmm. Like, use Buke and, and Apoku as subs. That, that's great. Just do it. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 Ordaz probably needs like a goal or two just to make – himself credible and i think at that point he may open up quite a bit of things because his movement is class yeah his yeah. movement is exactly everything you want it's just a matter of making making other teams respect what right. you do and i mean you can lean in and like everybody's going to be super forgiving of him right mm -hmm. at some like if he was struggling at some point the venom's not going to go to him because he's just a kid right and we all understand what he's going through um not personally, obviously, but we all like have sympathy for that. Um, uh -huh. The venom would all go to the coaching staff. Like, give this kid a break, man. Like, let him, let him, <laughs> let him catch his breath. Let him figure it out. But I, I, I think he could. I think he could use some more minutes to, to really settle in, right, and to find where those spaces consistently are. What the pace of the game and the speed that he has to play with, and learn some of the tendencies of the defenders that he's facing. I think, I think all that stuff would help him. Um, and then, yeah, then you solve your problem internally, which, as we've talked about so many times before, is the best way to do it in MLS because that that doesn't cost you anything. And if you have a semi-competent striker, which is seems to be what MLS goes or what LAFC goes for, right? They never look for the absolute banger of a signing at the nine. They just want a guy who does the right things. So, yeah, go with Ordaz. That's fine with me. Alan Kine at Tell a Tall Tale. Listless with some uglier adjectives ready for use. We're a counterattacking team without a clue how to counterattack. A roster full of bad decision makers who don't see the field. 
and Buke and Bogic are fast approaching B-Rod status, but without the speed. Oh, and we've no clue how to score goals. I think that's pretty harsh for Bogus. I thought I I think he's been really good in the past three or four games, especially. I mean, he's the only reason why we won those other two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, I Bleak I can understand because he just hasn't shown you much. Like there's yeah. a lot there's a lot left to be desired. Bogus, on the other hand, right? like I said, I think he I think they've done him a disservice by playing him out of position more than yes. anything. A hundred percent. Yes. The more that you see him, the more that you see him fit into that midfield, the set piece delivery, um, the goal the other night, right? Like that. The other thing is I I understand the comparison to B-Rod because he's like, these are guys that are hyped. They've got some kind of profile and pedigree already. And they come in They're They're kind of your flashy signings. Right. But these are not DPs. Right, I think maybe one of them is a U twenty two. I think only Buke is a U twenty two signing. Um, yeah. But you know, I, I think, uh, I think Bowich has been really good, and I think he's going to continue to impress the more that he plays in the midfield. I mean, he's basically made losing Sifu an afterthought, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean. He does everything that Sifu's going to do. So, 100%. All right, that's all we got, man. Anything else before we get out of here? Um, Down with U.S. soccer. (laughs) (laughs) Win the gold cup. But yes, the Federation, just please stop the nonsense. Same thing for MLS. they're, They're both, they're essentially one and the same anyway. So, all right, you can follow the show at counterpress underscore when your rate limit is not exceeded. You can follow me at Kirk Kinsey. Josh? I see Josh on Twitter. All right, we will talk to you all hopefully Tuesday night after the Rose Bowl match against Galaxy. Good night. Good night.